Welcome to Spry, a podcast where we embrace the most difficult parts of life, caregiving, aging, death, and dying with courage, grace, and dignity. We focus on cultivating a mindset of constant personal growth and staying energetic, active, and engaged with the world even as the years go by. We'll share our lived experiences, all of the tools that we found along the way, and insights from our community to help build confidence and resilience. All right, it's Spry Day. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi. Every Friday, we uh, just talk about what's top of mind um, in terms of media we've been consuming, books we've been reading, stuff we've been feeling, just sort of, it's a, a random roundup of all things in our lives that are spry. So uh, today I uh, wanted to talk about crying. I came across this quote that Which I, if you listen to our trailer... Yes. She even cried in the trailer. Well, we all did. You could only hear her. I should probably (laughs) preface this by saying, like, I'm a crier. We're a family of criers. Like, I generally feel like, yeah, I'm a crier. I do not cry at work. That's I'm definitely of the generation where, like, you don't cry at work. Anywhere other than we're in the parking lot at work, you know, like afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, I'll cry. But uh, yeah, I'm a big crier. And um, I came across this this quote that said, and it's from Charlotte Bronte, crying does not indicate that you are weak. Since birth, it has always been a sign that you are alive. Um, And I really loved that because, uh, you know, sometimes I'll think like, get get it together. Stop crying. But I'll generally cry if I feel an, an overwhelm of emotion, right? I'll, you know, I'll cry when I'm happy. I'll, you know, cry when I'm sad. Um, but a lot of people don't like to cry, right? We have this, why do people suppress crying? There's a lot of reasons, right? There's a fear of judgment. I, oh, I might yeah. come off across as weaker or I might come Especially across Especially in as, the business place. Well, I, I do think the business place is a separate thing. I too don't believe in crying at work. I've right. I've cried at work one time and I was pregnant, so I do blame it on pregnancy and they were letting me go. It I was cried a, once it was at, a layoff of twenty percent of I the I did company, cry once so. at work and someone <laughs> screamed at me in the middle of the office and I too was pregnant and yeah. just could not keep it together. <laughs> Caveat there. Yeah. But I, hormonal crying. Yeah. Sure. Hormonal crying. But I'm I mean, not I'm not saying if you don't cry, it's necessarily a bad thing. Sure, but if but you, I think yeah. lots of people have been raised in environments where expressing emotions, including crying, is maybe discouraged or unacceptable. We happen to be raised by parents who are criers. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that in my wedding speech, Dad said, "I'm a crier, and I'm going to cry during this," and he did. Yep. I don't know yeah. if he cried during my wedding speech, though. But For we all wedding? cried a lot. <laughs> oh, 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 burn. Dang. <laughs> Cuts deep. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway. Um, yeah, but it, it really is not a sign of weakness. And I think right. a lot of, you know, I, I think if you were traditionally, you know, you know, whatever we want to consider maybe toxic masculinity or traditional masculinity was that you, you know, boys don't cry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I do think that's changing a lot. But if you're not a person that cries, that's fine. I am. And I, you know, I wanted to do a little bit more research on crying. And I read a book called Burnout, and it's written by Emily Nagasaki. 
Um, I highly recommend it. We should probably do an episode on this book because it really addresses stress and mm-hmm. how the body holds stress and why we get burned out. And she talks about multiple ways to process a stress cycle. So a stress cycle could be something very traumatic, but it could also be something like, I got stuck in traffic on the way home and I'm just stressed out. And I mean, just on that note, I've been reading so much about cortisol, right? Yep. And how we're just producing so much more cortisol because of those short stressors than people historically have. It's not just like a long-term stress that we're all facing. It's bad traffic. It's one moment. It's one thing. We have more of those every day. I actually just read an article in the New York Times about how your brain will... will, put out cortisol when you hear a loud noise or when the ambient noise around you gets to a certain decibel, your brain will react by releasing the stress hormone. And that affects heart attacks and strokes and, you know, long-term quality of life. And so in the book, she talks about in order to come down or let your body out of that, of holding in that stress, even if it's a little bit of stress, you have to complete a stress cycle. And there are lots of different ways you could do something creative. You can go outside, you could laugh. Um, But one of the ways to do that is to cry. That's so interesting. We started watching Shrinking on Apple TV. I love that show. I mean, it's it's a really great show. Harrison Harrison Ford's greatest role. Uh, uh, Side note to my side note story here. (laughs) Uh, I recently learned that when they wrote the script for Shrinking, they put in quote, a Harrison Ford type character thinking he'll never go for this. And once he read the script, he's like, no, I'm in. That's so awesome. it's great. Um, but on shrinking on Apple TV, the Harrison Ford character, he is a uh, mental health therapist, psychologist, psychologist yeah. right? And there is a young teenage girl who's experienced trauma and loss of her mom. And so he gives her this coping strategy, right? Which basically entails setting aside 15 minutes of the day to immerse herself in sadness, what whatever that is, or anxiety. She'll like listen to a sad song. And- right. It means actively sitting with those intense feelings, however you need to get there, which is for her playing a, a song. Um, and so you're sitting with those feelings and allowing them to just happen in that time frame instead of them coming or going throughout the day. And it's actually a real therapeutic technique, right? To release these emotions. And by releasing tears, you're, you're not keeping them in so they don't manifest in negative ways. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me, mom, I know you listened. Well, I love the Happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin. And her sister, Liz Kraft, who's on the podcast with her, talks about scheduling time to worry. Mm-hmm. So instead of like worrying about something all day long, she'll she'll just say, I'm going to set aside 15 minutes and I'm just going to let myself worry. And I love that idea of like, I'm just going to set aside time to like have a cry. Yeah. Just to feel those emotions. Yeah. Because like one of the one of the ways it'll manifest negatively is irritability. Right. I can tell. <laughs> When I'm being irritable, that maybe there's something else happening and I need to go sit in those feelings. Yeah. Or you might just find yourself like crying randomly in a situation that like, maybe you're like, why am I crying? Right. Right. But it does kind of frighten me, frightens me to kind of think of 15 minutes to just be sad like this girl on shrinking i must say i i feel like could that become unhealthy but but maybe you know 
I, 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 I imagine it is a TV therapist, but I no, imagine but it, it probably can be a healthy thing, but it could be a problem. You it, know? it is a real therapeutic technique, though, like this idea of that if you allow it to happen, that then you have more control the rest of your day. Right. Instead of like when you have friends say to you, like, I, I was just crying all day. And I would think to myself, you're crying all day. Perhaps you need medical attention. But I guess 15 oh. minutes. Next time, could, I'll, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'll give that a try. Well, I like the worry one because it might help me fall asleep easier. I, I tend to have my worries come out right as I'm trying to fall asleep, right? Yeah. Suddenly everything is in my head and that's the only time I'm allowing them to come in, which then it takes me 90 minutes to actually fall asleep. Right. So if I could schedule time earlier in the day, worries, anxieties, to-do lists, notes, then perhaps at nighttime I could just be free to dream Sleep. about winning the lottery, <laughs> you know, and all of the fantastic things that come you with that. You should set aside time to fantasize about winning the lottery right before you fall asleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, because I'm a crier, I actually have been keeping a running list for years on where my favorite places to cry are. So if you do want to try out this, like, let's set aside time to cry. Uh, my number one place to cry is in the shower, of course, because like there's already running water you know, you can kind of just your makeup's get washed lost. off. Yeah, get already. lost in it. No one's around. No one. No, no one, one cares. can tell. No one can tell. Uh, number two is in the car, driving around by yourself with a big pair of sunglasses on. Again, like no one can tell what's happening. You can just have a stage five clinger meltdown in the car, and no one's gonna know. I spent so many hours crying in the car. Oh, a yeah. after Tina's diagnosis in that time. I felt like, gosh, if anyone in my neighborhood ever sees me driving, they're going to wonder what's wrong. Oh, yeah. Because I was just every I felt like every time I got in the car alone, I would just allow it to come. Yeah, I think that's healthy, too, to allow it to come. Um, and then, believe it or not, third best place to cry on an airplane, because <sighs> the person sitting next to you does not want to talk to you. They're in their bubble. They don't want you to touch their arm on the armrest. And I've had full blown, like, just, you know, kind of tip my, oh, sorry, tip my head to the side and let the tears flow. And it's great. I had an experience. No one cares. Crying really hard on an airplane once. It wasn't because I was necessarily feeling personal emotions. I happened to finish a book, right? That oh, I just started yeah. crying so hard over this, this ending of this book. I can't even remember which book it was now. And I, I was crying to the point of going, <gasps> you know, where the I couldn't cry, the ugly cry where I couldn't catch my breath. And this sweet woman next to me touched my arm and said, are you having pretty bad allergies? <laughs> <laughs> and I was yes, like, well, see, this would be the worst allergies I've ever had. Because she doesn't want to get involved with you. <laughs> right. You know, maybe she'd offer you a Kleenex or, you know, an antihistamine, but yeah. she doesn't want to like go deep. So, yeah. um, I will say, uh, Janan's friends with Tina, when Tina died, gave us this really lovely gift. Um, and uh, you know, it was a great, such a great idea. If you know anyone who has lost someone or might be going through something that makes them cry. Yeah. Right? Something that makes them cry. Um, they gave us uh, a pair of sunglasses and a box of tissues. And the card said, this is something to hide your tears and something to dry your tears. And I thought that was just such a thoughtful and, you and, know, and useful, useful long yeah. term to have it. It won't die. You don't have to water it. Yeah. And whenever time, I see those in the drawer, I those do, sunglasses, yeah. I'm like, Oh, 
they really helped me. It did. Yeah. I actually wore that pair to the funeral, yeah. to Tina's funeral. As did I. Yep, me too. So anyway, just been thinking about crying. It's, you know, can relieve a stress cycle. It's so true. And um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't cry during movies, specifically oh, yeah. Disney movies in the past. Um, what an incredible up. Uh, gosh, I think Moana. Coco. There's too many oh, yeah. to name. And this past weekend, we took our kids to see the new movie Elemental. And that was a, a darling show, but they had a new Disney short at the beginning, right? It was um, it was called Carl's Date, and it follows the characters from Up, Carl and Doug. Oh, Carl. And it was so sweet. Uh, kind of the premise of the stories that Doug is emotionally supporting Carl when he agrees to go on a date with a lady friend. And this is a really big step for him. It's a new adventure, as they say. Um, and it, it, I went and I read about it after because I thought it was such a touching story because um, the connection that Carl has with Doug and, you know, the love he has for his wife, but how he's ready to take a new adventure. Um but that Ed Asner, the actor, passed away right after recording this oh, movie. Wow. So it was one of the last things he did. It was a very touching farewell to him. His voice is so iconic. So yeah, I, yeah so iconic. And um, it just had me start thinking about like ageism in media, right? And I just applaud Disney for even in like the cartoon world, um, having age representation, right? They have this granddad character who's grumpy but lovable and all ages love these characters, right? My, oh, my yeah. kids love them up to me and my husband. Um, and I thought about another time that Disney did this really well. I don't even know if you remember the short in 2021, it was called Us Again. And it was the story of an elderly man and his young at heart wife who rekindled their zest for life through dance one magical night. There was no, yes, no I words. do remember that. that. Yeah. yeah, no words. It was just the two characters dancing. And as they dance, they kind of um, age backwards, right? Their characters become young again. Um, so I just think that's that's really great, like for them to represent and so that people older individuals can see their stories and experiences and be celebrated in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, even back to shrinking, right? So Harrison Ford's character in shrinking has Parkinson's, but he's, and he's trying, you know, he's also kind of the, the grumpy, grumpy, but lovable. grumpy old curmudgeon, yeah. the curmudgeon, but he, you know, it, he's learning how to ask for help um, from the, the people that work with him. Um, and kind of acknowledging maybe a little bit of his limitations, but also there's a romance and a story about, you know, him just continuing on with his life. And I, I loved that too, that we're seeing someone not only maybe who's older, but who's, you know, health, health is changing a bit, but mm -hmm. still just totally spry. Right. We just don't see it enough. Um, women aged 50 and above constitute a measly 5% of the characters we see on screen. Wow. So, and I was thinking, gosh, it's, it's a lot more now. It does seem low. Yeah. And that, that was a figure from September of 2022. So not that long ago, but Nicole Kidman did recently say, and, and we've all seen this in a few women centric shows like, 
Um, what's the one with Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman and Oh, I can't and remember. Carmel. The name of it. Yep. Oh well. Anyway, she said, "Thankfully, big, big little lies. Big yeah, lies. big little yeah. lies. Yeah. Thankfully, things big can lies. change. <laughs> and while." 20 years ago, we were pretty washed up by this stage in our lives. The landscape is somewhat changing. Her speech at the 2018 Actors Guild Award praised women in Hollywood, saying Hollywood's current TV and film stars over 40 have proven that they are powerful. I love that she says over 40, which, of course, to me seems super young, right? Super. But evidently in Hollywood, that's... Back in the day. You're in the now aged population. Right, right. right. In your 40s, like... Didn't Cameron Diaz just recently take a take a step back from even doing movies? And she's still in her forties, mm-hmm. isn't she? I, don't I think know. she's fifty now. Well, whatever. Still young. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love. Uh, you know, we love to see. I can't wait to see that short because um, Ellie and Carl. That whole story is one of my favorite things. I I love the uh, bottle top yeah. uh, pin. I love the adventuring. I think it's like the perfect relationship. And I like that they're kind of continuing that on. That's yeah, super and, fun. And like I said, because of his passing away, it's the conclusion too. They said, yeah. um, I read an article saying that will be the end of their story. So I'm wow. glad they were able to do that because I love up. Cute. I always embarrass my kids when I cry at the movies too, which I, which they'll say, oh, you're, you're coming to my musical performance. Are you going to cry? Don't cry. And, and I'm raising kids who cry just as hard as I do. Even in elemental, my my daughter started crying and her brother was teasing her. You cry every movie we go to. And I, I said, love That's it. great. Feel those emotions, honey. I used to have a thing called my joy luck club crying. Oh, that means yeah. I cried so hard it came up and threw up my popcorn. <laughs> that's a lot Yeah, of the crying. migraine cry. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah. a bad one. Yeah. Mom, what's on your mind? So I saw this article come across um, from, it was a Harvard medical um, email, and it said, can a multivitamin keep your brain healthy? So of course, I'm I'm all in to, to read on about that. So I guess that routinely about half of all Americans take dietary supplements. The most common ones are just multivitamin and multimineral supplements. Millions of people take the multivitamin every day. I'm a huge proponent of a multivitamin. That's right. So am I. So, but this special study that they were talking about was just about brain health. Um, So our current options for improving brain health are really limited. For example, regular exercises, optimal weight, and heart-healthy diet can improve cardiovascular health and lower the chances of certain types of dementia, such as dementia due to strokes. But beyond such common sense measures, there's no available medicines, supplements, or treatments that reliably improve brain function long term, hmm. despite all the ad- advertisements claiming otherwise. So we're saying here that like vitamins are like more healthier for our bodies, right? Versus our brain. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So in a recent study, more than 2,200 volunteers ages 65 and older were randomly assigned to receive a placebo or a multivitamin, and they happened to use Centrum Silver, a vitamin I've wow, never taken. that's like the OG, like, multivitamin right. from my just, childhood. Is that like the equivalent of a Walgreens reader? It, it really is. It really I, is. It's just I just feel vitamin. like it's... 
a classic like in the 80s or right. 90s yes. in the late 1900s it's when no multivitamins hit the scene centrum was like yeah. the one well so the people that were taking the placebo they did show no improvement but those that were really taking the vitamin overall brain function uh, memory and executive function with an executive function means tasks such as planning ahead or remembering instructions. Um, they estimated that after three years of multivitamin daily use, they um, slowly, I mean, they, they, it, it helped slow age related decline in brain function by as much as 60%. Wow, that seems so huge, 60%. It, it, it is huge, but even though it was a randomized double-blind trial, which is the most powerful study design, it was not conclusive. It does mean more study is warranted, and we still need to know if conditions like Alzheimer's disease can be prevented by a multivitamin or use of other supplements. Um, claims that say that uh, supplements can improve brain health are everywhere you look. But sound scientific evidence backing up those claims is much rarer. But you can bet I'm going to keep taking vitamins. Taking Centrum Silver. So I need to go get that. How do you two decide which multi, you know, like it's very unregulated, right? And right. I've gone, I've swung on the pendulum from Yeah, you used taking, to like be a non-believer, right? Zero Well, vitamins. I've gone from total believer and lots of supplements to I'm not taking anything because I think it's all, you know, again, like not really researched and studied properly and it's unregulated. And does anyone need 8 million milligrams of vitamin C <laughs> if your liver can't process it, you know, things like that, where I do take a multivitamin now. Um, there are some people that I really trust, right? Like we listen to Dr. Hyman. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a great podcast. Of course, Peter uh, Huberman Lab, Peter Atia. Like these are doctors who have studied, and especially Huberman, he's a neurologist, right? And really specializes in the brain. So I tend to trust the, the brands that they recommend. I don't know if there are other sources that you've relied on, but you know, I mean, again, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be apt to right. just like go to a drugstore and just pick up a multivitamin. I've, I've worked with, um, I mean, she's a mental health professional, but her background is really her strength. I should say is in prescribing medications and vitamins. So she's more of a I don't even know how to describe it, like a doctor in that way, right? So I, I've i gone and bought vitamins based off of what she has recommended from her research and her experience and her work in the medical field. I did a blood like a blood test before meeting with her and my vitamin D levels were severely low, right? So then she recommends a specific brand of a sublingual vitamin D a year later, we do it again. Now my vitamin D levels are off the charts. And she's like, oh, back it down. Like too right. much vitamin D isn't a good thing either. So there has to be, you know, there's obviously something there. We're obviously absorbing from these vitamins. I think what I really need to do is to go and get a physical or, you know, a... Right, the blood a, work a, done, get a, a blood get panel. blood work done. Like I don't, uh, you know, again, I think there's so much, I, I think... 
at the top level, we all would love to just be able to like, let's take this pill and it's going to stop our, you know, mental decline, potential mental right. decline. And that's never going to be the yeah. case, but making sure that what you're doing is quality, it's effective, you know, and it's dialed in for your particular body, I think is really important. And I think you have to have blood work done in order to really know that. Yeah. Recognize what you're lacking, what you might have too much of. And yeah, let's not forget that brain health is influenced by a variety of factors, right? We can't just take a vitamin and assume all of our health is going to be great. Yeah. Let's take into account our nutrition, which is huge. A lot of these doctors and with podcasts that we mentioned that we like to listen to talk a lot about nutrition being number one, lifestyle and genetics. So it's the same idea. You can't outrun a bad diet. You probably can't vitamin your way to perfect health. Yep, for sure. So, all right. I think I need to schedule a physical. Alec yeah. gets one every year as part of his work. And so, you know, he's he always knows what's going on. And I don't know, that's like other than... Yeah, you that's know, what I call I get a mammogram, right? Like, I mean, I take care of those big things. Like, let's you know, let's check for cancer. But the, you know, yeah. just the again, like we were talking about earlier, daily quality of life. Mm -hmm. Should probably know more. Yeah, but I do take idea. supplements again after your judgment for years <laughs> of not taking supplements. Yeah, I, I am. I am better. concerned that I'm spending hundreds of dollars and that they're all junk, but. I try, I try to listen, you know, to a person that I would be, you know, trusting, not Mr. Walgreens. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would love to hear from you. Tell us about your you know, favorite your, vitamin brands. Yeah, your favorite vitamin brands. Um, are you getting a regular physical with blood work? Uh, reach out to us. If you want to share something that you think is spry, we'd love to hear from you at podcast at staysprye.com or we're on social at staysprye. We want to thank Abby, our wonderful producer. The Spry Podcast is a production of On Air Studios. Mm -hmm.